Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride with Chris Harris Jr. I am one of your two hosts of this program, Patrick Coyote. I'm joined, of course, by former Denver Broncos Super Bowl 50 champion, all decade cornerback, Chris Harris Jr. Chris, good to see you, my man. We're doing this game reaction a little, a little bit late, but for good reason. There's a lot to cover. It's victory show. This is our first victory show, Chris. On, it's time man. to get hype. It's time. To, it, yes, sir. <laughs> we're we're not zero and four. We're one and three. How you doing, man? Good to see you. Man, Twitter Twitter can be so negative, man, in Broncos country. <laughs> so you know, let's Welcome. have something to cheer. Everybody toast, you know. Everybody give a give each other a hand hand five, you know, a high five, and you yeah. know, be excited that we got our first win. We got yeah. the Jets coming in. Their offense has been bad, you know, and uh, we got to take advantage of this opportunity. You know, what you think of uh, what you think of Rodney Harrison just absolutely blasting Zach Wilson on national TV in front of Chris Jones too? What'd you think yeah. of that, man? I think um, from an interviewer's standpoint, you got to kind of just fall in line with what the player's saying. Yeah. The player's saying he has a he has a shot to be solid. He played a solid game. Yeah. Uh then you just gotta flow with what that player said that night. You know, it's not it's nothing you can convince. You're not gonna be able to convince him. So I think yeah. he was harsh. I think that's something <laughs> that uh you know me being a spectator watching, you know, if I ever get in that situation that position, how would I approach um, you 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 judge the game correctly, you know but it's a thin yeah. line to where we have to be as former players and how we judge, yeah. you know, some of these guys. So uh, that's something that you have to learn kind of, but it's not like, you know, TNT, you know, with Shaq and them barking. <laughs> they just say whatever they want. <laughs> I say hey, Shaq's one of those dudes. that's like, he, he's going to tell it as it is. Always. He's yeah. got the rings to back it. I'm not going to talk any shit to him. <laughs> not a chance. Uh, before right. we get into our recap of the Broncos victory, uh, we do have a word from our sponsors. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns that you're looking for. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on stats, news, and odds. And funny enough, Chris, the NFL laxing. Uh, changing their their betting guidelines and and that whole thing. So maybe we'll see some more players get suspended or maybe we'll see them ease up a little bit. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and the Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And Chris, where we're going to start is the Broncos victory over the Chicago Bears, 31-28. What would it be? A, a Broncos victory without a little dramatic, right? The, yeah. The Bears go up early. The The terror starts to set in. Justin Fields is looking like a god among men, of course, against the Denver defense. What did you see uh, in the Denver defense that changed after the Bears went up 
28-14 that kind of sparked that victory, uh, that lead into the victory? Man, it, it all changed with that forced fumble, you know, being able to score on defense, yeah. uh, lighting that spark. Uh, you know, that was a momentum killer for them. And uh, right. we've seen that um, the Bears, once they had that momentum shift, you know, they, they don't have any leaders or anybody over there that can kind of stop that bleeding and make a play. You know, we've seen Justin Fields. He couldn't carry himself out of that hole. So um, so that's what I think was the big play that changed the game. And uh, kudos to those boys being able to make key plays, you know, especially in the fourth quarter. Russell, Russell Wilson making some key drives when we needed him. Uh, Mims, sure. I think he had a big – we were waiting for him all game, you know. I'm just waiting yeah. by the – by the TV, like, are they going to say Mims with a catch? You know, finally 48-yard catch, you know, uh, big play to set up the last drive. So um, they they made the key plays of what we haven't done, you know. Even though it's the yeah. Bears, we haven't figured out a way to win a game, you know. Yeah. And uh, we, we were able to do that. Hopefully we're able to keep that same momentum this week. Well, Curtis, I, I want to point this out. And if you're a listener of this program, a regular listener – you heard Chris in our game preview talk about how this needs to be the game where the Broncos finally come out and win the turnover battle, right? Because they've been come negative. On. And yeah. boy, Sean Payton in his press conference, he said this team, uh, this team was like one in 14 when they lose the, the turnover battle. And mm -hmm. the Broncos made it a point of emphasis to get the ball back. And Chris, Another one. On. You hit it right on the head, man. It, Sean Payton's gotta, listening, man. I'm telling you. Gotta, I, I can't, what, what did I say, Pat? I said, it's been the turnovers. Have I not yeah. said that, Pat? Yeah. You said it every week, man. Turnovers have been killing us. We're not yeah. getting any turnovers, and That's we're just the giving the problem. ball away. So now we finally get some turnovers. Uh, offense uh, takes care of the football, and we get a win. So that's how – that's the recipe uh, to get wins in this league. And yeah. you, like I said, bro, when you lose the turnover battle, your percentage goes all the way down to yeah. win a game. So yeah. that's one stat that we can hang our hat on. Dude, I mean, Jonathan Cooper uh, getting after his former teammate at Ohio State. You know there was something personal there. This guy's a first-round <laughs> pick. You know, you, you watch your teammate go on and, and, and be a first-round pick, and everybody's talking about him, and he's getting the interviews. And then you're the seventh-round pick. You know, and you got the chance to go against this guy on game day and prove to him that I'm the better. I'm the better of the two. Ten pressures between Jonathan Cooper and Nick Benito, the second round pick out of Oklahoma. Um, three hurries for Jonathan Cooper. He had that big force, uh, the fumble recovery. Excuse me for the touchdown. Yeah. Huge turning point in the game, like you said. Uh, we're gonna get into winners and losers in a bit. But Chris, what else stood out to you? in that game against the Bears, specifically from the offensive side? Because what I saw was the, the Broncos kind of using more of their weapons underneath. I mean, they were hitting some quick shots to Judy underneath, which was awesome. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a, in a bit. Um, but getting the run game going too, Jaleel McLaughlin, or as our guest for this show, Benjamin Albright has nicknamed him Jaleel's McLaughlin. What did you see from the Broncos offense that made you excited going into this next game against the Jets? You know, giving Jaleel those little screens, you know, let him, let him catch the ball in space and be able to see what we can do, you know, um, giving him more involved. And that's what we have to do, you know. I think um, uh, Williams is hurt again. You know, yeah. he was nicked up in the game. So 
Um, he's a this. This is our dynamic runner that we have. Uh, that's up next. So yeah. uh, we're gonna we got a key on him. P Ryan. He's gonna be more of a power back. Yeah. You know, uh, in this role. But um, one thing that I'm seeing that the offense, you know, they play solid. You know, I think Russell just has to be able to get time, give give him the quality time to make some throws. I didn't see too many Aaron throws. Russell no. was pretty much on point the whole game. If it was there, you know, uh, the receivers had a chance uh, to make the catch. You know, he put in pretty good uh, catchable balls, you know. And yeah. the receivers, I think they did a solid job catching the short routes, getting upfield, uh, ball security. Um, I just, you know, we didn't really take a lot. We didn't have a lot of explosives, you know, right. and I was waiting right. for those to come and, uh, they came at the end. So, um, uh, it's that, that shows Russell and his progression of being, you know, I'm, I'm going to take what they give me, you know, and work from there. And I yeah. think that's one of the first times you ever see him do it. And I think he did a solid job this game. Yeah. He's, it, it's just about stringing those games along and we've seen a couple of good, I mean, all, for all intents and purposes, the Miami game, Russ still played a good game in that game, and he's still just stringing along. I mean, 308 yards against Washington, 306 yards against Miami. Uh, you know, he had 200-plus and in, in two touchdowns against the Bears. He's up to nine touchdowns on the year. He's, I mean, a th- over 1,000 yards passing already, nine touchdowns, only two interceptions. You know, one in the Washington game, one in the Miami game, but – uh, he's playing good football right now. And my confidence level in him is going up as more as the Broncos offense clicks together more. I mean, that the Jaleel uh, McLaughlin touchdown, a thing of beauty. Right. No other way. Like, the, the, no other way that, like, P. Ryan and, and Williams are, are making that a touchdown. That was all Jaleel. I mean, great blocking. But like the move, he's he's that electric player that Sean Payton loves. He's their, you know, he's their Alvin Kamara right now. Yeah, he's their Darren Sproles right now. Like get him the ball in space, let him work, let him utilize his speed, utilize his shiftiness, and it's turning out to be a really good thing for the Broncos' offense. So going into Week Five uh, against the Jets. I want to talk about winners and losers from the mm-hmm. Chicago game, okay? And we'll start with the winners. We've talked about Russ. I think we can both agree that he is one of the winners of this game. Leading back from, a, you know, from the deficit that they were down and being able to win this game, that's huge because this is a team that we've talked about the effort. The effort hasn't mm-hmm. been there. And for them to show effort and win this game was huge. But, uh, Chris, Jaleel McLaughlin is our second winner Talk about him a little bit more. What are you seeing from this rookie that's just making him so dynamic? Right. He's just so shifty in space, you know, being able to make a guy miss. You can count on him. If he gets in space, he's going to make two people miss and get upfield. And uh, he shows great speed, great acceleration. Uh, we got to just continue to find a way to implement this guy in the offense, you know. Yeah. Um, whether it's screens, tosses. Um, we might, we ain't even seen them in the passing game yet. Like, yeah, not uh, really. split Just out versus screens. running backs yet, you know? So can he run routes? Can he be able to get open versus running backs? Let's see what we can do with this guy and um, try to figure out ways to be able to create matchups. And, oh, uh, Sean Payton, that's what his expertise is. Um, yeah. we will have to give him credit because our offense is looking better than it has in the past couple of years. Yeah. And, um, so we have to give him credit of being able to help change that around. Yeah. And, uh, 
With no tight end help. I mean, I don't even think we have a tight end. I, I mean, Troutman's, Troutman's been there. You know, Manhurts had a couple of big catches, um, which is great for moving the chains and stuff. The play action game is going to be there. I think once Dulcich comes back is when we're going to really see it kind of ramp up the tight end mm-hmm. usage. But um, until then, we're going to have to rely on the wide receivers to, mm-hmm. to be a, a focal point of this offense and the running backs to be a focal point of the passing game. So uh, Russ, Jaleel are two winners right now. Our last winner, Chris, the Cooper-Bonito combo. That, I mean, that alone was a winner in itself. Ten pressures between the two, like we said. The big strap, uh, strip sack fumble. Chris, what did you see from these two that we haven't seen in recent weeks? Yeah. I mean, just high effort, you know. These guys usually bring pretty good effort every week, you know. Right. Um, so um, th- these two, you really don't have to question if they're going to bring their motor every week. So uh, it's good to see these guys, you know, uh, be able to perform good. That's probably the right reason why we see Gregory um, getting the exit. You know, he's probably yeah. upset. Um, he's not starting to get the reps of those guys, um, you know, coming into the game. So um, it's great that we need young guys to continue to prove. Um, are they the fix at the edge rusher yet? Um, it's to be seen. You know, we got a whole season to see what they're going to do with yeah. this quality of playing time. And uh, um, so it's a good start for those guys. Hopefully um, um, this week, you know, going against the Jets, old line has been pressured like crazy. And, you know, hopefully they can take advantage of it this weekend. Yeah, the Broncos defense generated 21 pressures against the Chicago Bears, uh, by far the most that they've generated this season. The missed tackles, though, as we get into losers, the missed tackles are still a concern for me. 14 missed tackles against the Bears, still not, you know, not executing on the defensive side, not finishing tackles. That's, you know, big. Multiple guys had two missed tackles. Drew Sanders, another Mm -hmm. week of missed tackles. Um, And and that's really going to kick off our losers list here is is drew sanders this is a guy who we've been hyped about seeing him play some more and Mm -hmm. he's playing off he's playing middle linebacker he's playing off ball and chris you said it he just kind of looks lost could you expand a little bit more on on what you're seeing from the broncos rookie yeah you know he's just having misalignments and when the play start he's already aligned wrong so he's two steps around he's getting blocked he's getting cut off um, a lot of the big runs is coming from misalignments from him, right? Where he's not putting himself in the right position to be able to, to win. Where he's not having the right good eyes. You know, I always, when I play nickel, you know, I always like to give me like a, a bounce, you know, like a little bounce, you know, to sure. where I can see rerun versus pass. And, you know, if it's a play action, this guy is, you know, he's running all the way up the, li- the lineman's butt, you know, the D lineman's butt already. <laughs> You know, yeah. so he has to get some more patience, some more awareness in the game, and that's just coming with playing football. But when you start – when you're having this many mistakes, this many missed tackles, and you're not making a play, you know, that's when coaches start to kind of um, lose confidence in you, right? right? If you're going to make mistakes, you still got to come back and make a couple plays. So yeah. that's what we need to see from Drew. We need to st- still see some production from him. And – uh and hopefully he can, as the scheme, he continues to learn and gets more, more reps. Hopefully he can improve. But we got to be able to clean that up, man, because that's, you know, Chicago, Justin Fields play action. You know, we're running up and middle of the field is open. So 
Yeah. We just got to figure out some things on that linebacker until Josie gets back. Yeah, and with Josie Jewell being out, the next man up is, you know, after Sanders is Justin Cernod. And he doesn't have a ton of experience uh, playing in-game. He's more of a special teams kind of guy, uh, which is fine. Use him on special teams. But something has to be done. And whether that's w- with Baron Browning coming back, whether that's putting Baron back at middle linebacker alongside Alex Singleton, because that's where he played when he first came out. But he had a lot of the same issues. He was, he was playing very fast uh, and, and sometimes just misaligned, not really getting up to speed, not knowing where his landmarks are. And, and then they put him at edge mm-hmm. rusher, and it was like, whoa, he, he can play. Is this a similar situation, do you think, where maybe they can benefit uh, with some of these pass rushing woes by putting Drew Sanders outside and letting him rush the passer? Or do you think that he still needs time in Vance Joseph's system to, to work out his kinks in the middle of the field? Well, we, um, when you're playing Coach Joseph's system uh, as a linebacker, it's not very linebacker friendly, mm-hmm. I would say. You got to cover, you got to play more man, you got to be able to get in zones and make tackles in space. So um, uh, I think he needs more reps. Yeah, he just needs more reps. He needs more under more. The game has to slow down for him. You know, understanding the different reads, formations, uh, splits, and things like that. Um, That's what he needs. And tendencies. You know, he's not. He needs a guy like Justin out there in his ear. You know, kind of letting him know, hey, we're looking at this. You know, or Kjack might have to communicate a little bit more towards him. So. Um, but, uh, it's, you know, it, I wouldn't compare him to Browning, you know, because sure. Browning looks like he's an edge rusher. Drew yes. has to be able to play a linebacker. You know, that's where his calling is going to be in the middle of the field. So sure. we need, he, if I'm him, I want to get that corrected for sure. Absolutely. Moving on to our other losers of the, of the Broncos and bears game, Chris, the, the secondary, again, another week, another loser tab for the secondary what's going on with this unit man is it just inexperience is it is it just lack of uh of attention to detail is it just lack of effort like what is going on justin fields throwing for a career high in yards Uh, this is a guy who was barely averaging like 220 a game and all of a sudden he's throwing for 300 cole Komet, for all intents and purposes on our fantasy team we did not take him off the starting lineup for good reason because he got us 27 points in our fantasy game, but we knew that this was going to happen because they're playing the Denver secondary. It, Man. Is, it, is this something that is just going to be a continuing trend all season, or is this is this something that's yeah. going to change when certain guys come back into the fold? Well, it has to change this week because who was Zach Wilson targeting <laughs> when we Lazard. watched the game? Uh, he, he, he was going after He's going after he was, his, his Uzama. His I mean, favorite target was the tight end. Yeah. Right? And he was hitting them down the seams. And what was the Bears hitting us? Down the seams with the tight end. So he's looking for that this week. So it's something that uh, our, our uh, younger safety's got to be able to sh- shut down, you yeah. know, be able to eliminate this week because we know Zach is going to find that guy. Um, I'm looking – it's going to be a good matchup versus uh, Wilson versus Sertan. That's going to be a great oh, matchup. for that. You can't know, uh, he's probably – you know, he's probably – his season went down the drain. It's sort of, you know, four plays in the season. You know, he's like, I got – all pro chance, you know, <laughs> Pro Bowl coming, thousand years, fifteen oh touchdowns. Oh my gosh, gone, you know, in yeah, four plays. So, <laughs> so um, it's gonna be a good matchup with there. But we gotta shut down these tight ends, you know. Yeah, a lot of these guys running naked. Uh, Mathis, 
Uh, I, I would say he played a little bit better um, this week. I would give him uh, – I don't know if PFF had him on there, but hopefully he graded a little bit better. You know, um, uh, you might have to check later, but uh, from what I'm seeing, the safety, I think young safety, he made a couple mistakes, yeah. but he improved as the game went on. Turn yeah. Uh, turn um, the what, what year is the uh, 35? Is this his second year? Uh, young quarterback, that? young nickel that they replaced oh, Baskey with. Uh, McMillian in number McMillian. 29. Yeah, he's he's good. He's been up and down. Um, uh, he gave up a couple. I mean, he was targeted four, uh, five times, gave up four, four receptions, uh, in that game. But I think that the team mm-hmm. is just, you know, feeling better about him. In, in that situation, Damari Mathis had a 50 coverage grade. So better than oh, previous man, weeks, but still not that great. So uh, was it better than his, was it better than his previous weeks? Barely, like just, <laughs> like just barely better. Four targets, four catches, uh, 61 yards given up by Damari Mathis in that game. But Chris, I, I, I think that, it's just it comes down to a talent thing. Like getting K1 Williams back is going to be huge. Getting PJ Locke back is going to be huge. When Justin comes back healthy, that's going to be massive. That's a much better rotation. I feel better about that rotation at least. Um, and, and the more that you work uh, Riley Moss in, that's probably that's probably the other guy that you were thinking. He has about to too. play sooner or later. Yeah, you know and, and I think him. I think they're gonna. I think we're gonna see a little bit more of him um, this week against the Jets, uh, but. All that to say, the talent level is not where it needs to be right now for the secondary. And it, right. it has to get better. You're still allowing way too many yards. You're still allowing way too many easy catches. The communication is breaking down play after play. Both of the commit touchdowns, honestly, was a breakdown in communication. And and that's really what it was. Sanders, Sanders uh, no, not Sanders, but Nito and Singleton couldn't agree on who was supposed to carry commit up the seam and cover three. That's a problem. That's that is a, a a situation that you need to fix on the on the practice field, in the film room. It has to be fixed because it's just going to keep happening over and over and over again, like you said. Uh, Chris, our last loser for this game, before we get out of here and to our interview with Ben Albright, the offensive line. Not so much in the actual pass blocking aspect of it, but just the penalties. And this was something that Mike McGlinchey spoke to after the game, the false start penalties. He had three penalties on his own. Um, Every single player on the offensive line had a penalty in that game. You can't have it. They're drive killers. Got to be better. They're doing better as a unit, for sure. Uh, I think they only allowed two pressures as a unit this week. But still... You have to limit your mistakes. You have to limit the penalties. It's just going to kill us. What are you expecting yeah. to see from this offensive line against a really good Jets defensive front? This is a good front. Yeah. I mean, it was great to get a good test versus Washington, you know. And yeah. um, uh, that'll be – I would say the Jets, Washington, you know, their D-line is pretty – It's pretty It's pretty even. It's pretty yeah. even, you know, so – um, I would I would say the Jets by far got way better linebackers. Yeah, you know, so that's a difference right there. Secondary also too, mm-hmm. so it's a different matchup. Um, definitely, uh, Jets have a way tougher defense. Um, so ho- hopefully, you know, um, with their coverage, with their excellent coverage that they've been having, you know, they're looking to buy coverage. 
um, be able to pressure Russell and be able to, uh, you know, coverage and rush work together. And um, that's that's why Ben said, or that's why Ben's going to probably say that we're going to have to stop the run. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. He's going to yeah. say like, hey, if Broncos or if Broncos are going to have to run the football good this week, right? Yeah. So yeah, hopefully Jaleel good. can be able to break, um, be able to make some explosive runs because we cannot have this D-line, you know, head back, you know, ready to go um, yeah. straight for Russell because our O-line has not – they've been mediocre, right? Yeah. And um, we when we have a highest paid right tackle, you know, we can't have him lead in false starts. Yeah. You know, that you yeah. have to be the veteran guy, the disciplined guy on the O-line that everybody's looking to. We're looking to mm-hmm. the guy to the right because you come from the Niners who've been winning. Yeah. You're, you're the vet guy. That's and, um, yeah, you know, we can't have you being the guy that's the most penalized, right, especially on our O-line. So um, he has to own up to that and uh, be able to fix that going. You know, we, we can't be behind the chains. No. Right? Behind the chains and turnovers. Right? That's the main thing from our offense. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to have to be, like, they're going to have to play a clean game this game. And they're really going to have to push the onus in the run game, uh, get the play action set up so that Russ can attack. It's going to be a tough day because the secondary is also really good. This defense as a whole, and perhaps Ben is going to speak on it in this interview coming up, uh, but Robert yeah. Sala is a, a good defensive play caller. Sean Payton, one of the better offensive play callers in the league. It's going to be a fun matchup. It's, it's definitely going to be chess and check. Uh, you know, it's going to be chess on one side with Peyton and Sala. And then on the other side, uh, they're going to be playing like a combination of connect four and guess who uh, <laughs> between Nathaniel Hackett and Vance Joseph. <laughs> it's it's going to be former Bronco head coaches. Yeah, it's going to be a weird one to watch. Um, you know, hopefully they can put some pressure on Zach Wilson. We'll get into that in a different discussion in our game preview coming up in, in, in our next episode. But for now, sit back, relax, enjoy this interview from Broncos insider, Benjamin Albright Drop some interesting nuggets in this interview for sure. So uh, pay attention to what Ben has to say. Make sure that you're following Chris and I on Twitter at Chris Harris, Jr. At Patrick Coyote. Make sure that you're following the believe network at believe network and Make sure you're subscribed to this podcast and whatever podcast platform you're listening to, go follow us on YouTube at uh, the Let's Ride with Chris Harris Jr. Look us up there. You can find full episodes, uh, interview clips. We're going to have this episode up as soon as it's done. That's a mouthful, man. Broncos country, until next time, let's ride. We are joined by a very special guest today. Uh, First non-player guest that we've had on this show. He is the host of Broncos Country tonight on the Broncos flagship station, KOA. Broncos insider, personal friend, Benjamin Albright. Ben, my man, you you don't have the panic at the disco hair going on right now because you got the hat on. (laughs) I appreciate that. You know, we don't want a a Jimmy Butler repeat on this show, but... You stole my whole vibe. He, the emo you, vibe. You you did it first. You did it first. I, I'm I'm just gonna say that. Uh, but Ben, it's good to see you, man. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. Glad to be here. I'm really the first like non-player guest, dude. That's like yeah. uh, that's some pimp stuff right there. I'm I'm I'm, yeah. I'm excited about that. His, history being made every every episode on this show. Uh, but 
Ben, we brought you here for a reason, and it's it's only right that there was big news that dropped today. Uh, Broncos released linebacker Randy Gregory. This was a kind of a big shocker to me. Um, I, I mm-hmm. kind of figured that he'd be one of those guys that maybe they would try to trade at the uh, trade deadline, but just flat out released from the team. This gives an opportunity for guys like Jonathan Cooper and Baron Browning is coming off the PUP. Can you give us a little bit more insight into why this was just a straight up release and maybe why there wasn't a more effort for a trade going forward for the veteran? Well, the short answer is because nobody would trade for him. They did try to trade him. Uh, They've been shopping him for the last week, two weeks. Um, That's part of the reason he got benched or I say benched. He got demoted in the last game um, is that he was getting outperformed by, by Coop and Benito. And and really right now, this defense, one of the big things is, is is effort, you know, and if the guys are out there showing effort, they're going to get, they're going to get start and they're going to get the reps and, and Coop, you know, bless his heart's out there. You know, he's an effort monster, um, you know, and and Benito, same thing. So, you know, that, that kind of thing, Randy Gregory had a bloated contract. He was underperforming on, and he's not going to be the only one that gets traded or released. That's, that's on a deal like that, or has a deal like that coming up. And so, um, you know, it's not, a, it wasn't a surprise to me at all. Um, it, you know, it, the fact that they had no takers really kind of forced their hand, but they knew at this right. point, like it was, it was time, um, and, and having him as the backup, I will tell you, there's some misreporting out there. He didn't ask to be released. That didn't happen. The idea that Sean Payton just slept on it. And then this is so laughably ludicrous that I, I don't even know where to start. Um, that didn't happen. They tried to trade him. He knew they were trying to trade him. His agent knew they were trying to trade him. Uh, and when they couldn't find any takers, they released him and his agents doing his job now putting out that other information. Cause that's what a good agent does. Right. Yeah. Do you, do you have any uh, maybe ideas on what team is looking at? I, I know that there's some teams out there that are looking at adding another veteran uh, edge rusher. Do you think that there's any teams out there specifically that maybe were kind of feeling it, but really didn't want to take on that contract and now are looking at him more as he's a free agent? It depends on the money. I mean, Dallas would bring him back. Um, I think Carolina would would absolutely do that too. And interestingly, Carolina's been sniffing around some other Broncos players as well. So there may be there may be some other connection, you know, kind of stuff going on there, um, you know, as well. But any team that needs an edge rusher, I think, depending on the money, would at least take a look at him as a situational guy. I mean, sure. before he got hurt last year, he was pretty productive. You know, he was getting pressures. He had he had a couple sacks, and then after the injury, like, the wheels just came off, and it's not been the same since. So, you know, I wish him well. I hope that. Uh, uh, I hope he lands somewhere. I hope he has a heck of a career going forward. I never want to wish ill on somebody, but at the same time, hey, man, this was the standard. You tried to meet it while you were here. We thank you kindly for trying. It's time to move on. Yeah, and right. I mean, the, Ryan Edwards had a great tweet earlier um, that I, I just saw before we got on here where he's talking about, you know, he, he was top five in pressures before that injury with a different coaching staff, different scheme, and then fast forward to this year, different coaching staff, different uh, different scheme, different result. Yeah. As, as well so speaking of that effort we definitely got to speak on um you know george Patton. you know paying a guy yeah. i think 75 million dollars i think is that what it was yeah. uh, giving yeah. him that loaded contract really he 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 wasn't never a high sack guy usually you see guys that has a 10 plus sack year multiple years yeah. get 75 million dollars right but I mean, he didn't if they want guys who can't get sacks, like they can pay me seventy-five million. I won't get your sacks either. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and then I'll take that he's deal. coming from a guy that's coming from the Cowboys defense, right? They don't yeah. run the same system. You right. know, he's he's coming to a three-four where the Cowboys are a four-three system. So yeah. I think that was just a terrible um, mistake by Patton right there. And um, 
he has to he has some mistakes he got, he's gonna have to clean up for sure i def, they're definitely gonna be looking at him um uh from the ownership wise and taking a real good um measuring stick of what they want to do with the gm because he's making a lot of mistakes from what i'm seeing yeah, I, th- I think he gets unfairly dinged for some things, but that one was all on him. I mean, you took a guy yeah. that you took a potential guy who had some some off field issues as well as uh, injury history issues, ne- never had been highly productive, and you, you rolled the dice big time, and, and you 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 came up with snake eyes, and that that one is going to get hung on George Payton. Yeah, I, I mean, in Ryan's tweet, he mentioned the hiring and subsequential firing of Nathaniel Hackett as another one of those really yeah. bad marks on George Payton. I mean, for all intents and purposes, he's good in evaluating players in the draft. Free agency has been so-so. I think even with this year's free agent class, it's still like, are we really getting that production from these guys that we're paying? We paid our right tackle. Allen, like, when when are these guys going to step up? And Ben, you, you mentioned that the Panthers were sniffing around some of the other Broncos players. And I wanted to get your thoughts. Who do you think, you know, what other players on the Broncos are on that uh, chopping block, so to say? Well, I mean, they tried trading wide receivers during the offseason, and, and then right. Patrick got hurt. The wheels came off, and they pulled a lot of that back. But I'll tell you now, Cortland Sutton was a Raven. I mean, it was going to be a done deal uh, to the Baltimore Ravens, and that got walked back. Jerry Judy had some some interest, although they didn't quite get the you know the price tag they went for him. And Marvin Mims mm-hmm. has sort of made him uh, – I don't want to say expendable because that's not fair, but Marvin Mims has made himself known to the point where Jerry Judy, are you really going to pay him at this point? Because I, I don't right. think he can. So Carolina, I mean, obviously, Jiro Vero knows Jerry Judy, know, you know, knows these receivers. He's a DC diner in Carolina. Um, and, and I do believe that Carolina is looking for a playmaker receiver because uh, yeah. Thielen's shown up and been a possession guy, but they really need that other playmaker over there. And I think Jerry would do a good job at that. I think, I think Jerry, you know, Jerry's shown that he can play all three. He, he can play out mm-hmm. the slot. He can play the X. He can play the Z. And I, and I think in that system with Frank Reich, he'd be, he'd be a good fit. So we'll, we'll see. Um, you know, I think the Broncos probably asking like a two and a four. They wind up taking a three, you know, kind of yeah. thing. Um, but we'll, we'll see, we'll see if that gets done, but there are, there are teams sniffing around and Carolina is sniffing around on Jerry Judy. Yeah. I mean, if if I'm the that Broncos, makes the most sense. I wouldn't trade anybody. I wouldn't, tra- <laughs> you can't trade anybody on offense. Like we need all our weapons, you know, Russell doesn't want Judy gone. So, you know, yeah. I, I'm in the business that we've had such a bad offense for so long that let's keep our weapons, you know, let's try to keep Judy. Let's try to develop them guys and see what we can get out of those guys instead of, We've, we've had a history of just getting rid of people, man. Let's just try to yeah. see if Judy, if we can build with Judy. He's still a young receiver. You know, yeah. he's very so young. Deal. We still haven't seen, you know, his uh, his potential. And honestly, we haven't really fought to get give him the ball, you know. So I want to see – I want to see more uh, – I want to keep more of our guys on offense if we can, hopefully. Yeah, I, I definitely want to keep the guys on offense. I think it becomes a financial issue, though. If you look at the way Sean yeah. Payton constructed football teams, they never paid receivers. They pay one guy, like they pay uh, Colston, or they pay like, yeah, like, like Tom, but they didn't pay anybody else. They bring in like Devery Henderson on a cheap deal or Ted Ginn on a cheap deal, you know yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, and that's kind of how the, how roster construction under Payton works. So we'll see. I'm always in favor of keeping weapons. I hate I hate it when you got a hole in the boat. And, and you try to cut another hole in the boat to patch that hole. You know, that's like people yeah. try to say, place or tan. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. But at yeah, the same time, crazy. like at this point, like I, it's, it's one of those things where I'm just not sure based on the way that, that, that Peyton has always done roster construction. I'm not sure that they keep him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, they kind of find themselves in that weird spot because he is at the end of his rookie deal. 
are you are you sure that you want to pay this guy a big money contract, especially with the way that wide receivers have been getting money in the in recent years? It doesn't make a, a whole lot of financial sense. And then your lack of draft capital, this is an opportunity for you to get some of that back. So you can kind of, you know, you move on from a guy who's in the last year of his contract. You don't have to pay him that big money. You can get another guy on a younger contract. You know, it, it, it's one of those situations where it, it's it's hard as a from a team building aspect because you do want to keep this guy. You do want to keep him as a part of your offense. That's finally kind of getting back to the way that it should have been last year. And now all of a sudden you're going to subtract that uh, that one guy away. Uh, speaking of draft capital, Ben, the Broncos have, uh, well, Broncos fans have been in a frenzy about tanking for Caleb Williams. And I know you talked about this on <laughs> Broncos country tonight. We're not going to talk about the tanking aspect, but what we are going to talk about is Russell Wilson. He's 34 years old. He's only getting older. That contract is, is going to be up in a few years, but it's still a big contract. Is, is Denver still going to be looking at a first-round quarterback in the, the 2024 draft? And if they are, if your answer is yes, who, who are some of the guys outside of Caleb Williams that you think would fit well into this system? And it doesn't have to be a guy who starts day one and, and this is the guy going forward. Maybe this is a guy that we sit for a year or two. Who are some guys that you would prefer for the Broncos next year? Well, uh, a lot of that depends on who comes out and, and where the Broncos are picking and all that kind of stuff. Um, there's This is a pretty loaded quarterback class. In fact, the next two yeah. years are really kind of loaded uh, when you look at this stuff. Caleb mm-hmm. Williams is a heck of a talent, generational guy. But then you got Drake May, who I think is, yeah. is phenomenal. Jordan Travis down there at Florida State mm-hmm. I think is phenomenal. Um, Shadur, I think he's going to stay at Colorado come in next year, but that's somebody you'd look so at. Too. Uh, Bo Nix out of Oregon kind of fits a, a little bit. He's a little closer to maybe like Taysom Hill that Sean Payton used to ask. That's somebody to kind of yeah. keep your eye on a little bit. Um, you know, Penix, uh, I, I think is another one you keep an eye on out there. You got the kid, uh, you got the kid from Tulane who's Nate Pratt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, he's kind of a more of a day two guy. You got JJ McCarthy at Michigan. I mean, there's, there's a lot he's of quarterback talent in the class. So I, you know, I don't know if you have to look for one in the first round. I think there's going to be enough there that you might find a guy, um, and then again, it depends on where you're picking. You know, uh, I think right. if you find a guy that you love, you, you just do whatever it takes to go get him, right? Like, think yeah. about Kansas City and Pat Mahomes, right? Kansas City was picking in the 20s, right? Mm-hmm. And what did they do? They had Alex Smith, they had the number one offense, but they saw Pat Mahomes tape and said, man, this is the dude. And so that yeah. what they did was they, they traded up to, I believe it was 10 with Buffalo uh, and made him their guy, right? And so that's, that's the thing. If you find a guy you want, you, you go get him, regardless yeah. of what you got going on. But at the same time, I mean, Russ right now, the way he's playing this year, you know, I, I think you got another two years out of him. And so I, th- I think at this point you can kind of slow play it. And if you don't fully believe in somebody, don't take him. And that's the thing about Justin Fields. Like back when he got picked, when Sertan got picked and everybody was, was saying George Payton was, was bleeping up because they took him instead of Fields. I'll yeah. tell you, internally, they didn't believe in Justin Fields. They did believe in Sertan. So if you don't believe in a quarterback, don't take him. Because on paper, everybody will tell you, take a quarterback every year until you find the guy, that kind of stuff. And that sounds good. Sure. But in reality, in football, you got to build an offense around that guy. You got to build an offense around his skill set, his strengths, right? And so right. if you're trying to do that every year for somebody different, you're going to have a stupid looking team that's not built to maximize your quarterback, right? right. Like, uh, look at the Arizona Cardinals. You know, they had Joe's Josh Rosen, they tried to build around him. Then they scrapped that, they tried to build around Kyler. Well, then you built around Kyler, all right? Yeah. And now they're trying to now, now they're trying to build something else and, and, and you know and figure all that stuff out. So 
end of the day, you need to find a guy you believe in. If you believe in him, take everything it takes to go get him. That's that. So if they find that guy, hey, I'm 100% behind it. Yeah. And this I think is, it's this too is- early. What do you think? I think it's too early for us to be looking at a quarterback, you know. I think um, we need another we need year. A, yeah, yeah, we need a D. We need we don't have a defensive anchor. Right. You, We've you, always you had need, you need Vaughn, anchor. man. You, you need that yeah, rat. You, you know, need Ed Russell. Like with all due respect to yeah. Baron and Coop and all that, you need uh uh you, need you, you need, yeah, you need that. Yeah. Like hey, we don't have that, you know. That's what this, we miss. This is that draft where if if there are other positions where, you know, maybe you need an upgrade. I'm one of the positions I'm looking at as well as left tackle. What what's going to happen with Garrett Bowles after this year? He's playing great right now, but yeah. that that contract and his age is going to come into play and this is a really rich offensive tackle draft. I mean, you got all you got Olu, you got a bunch of guys that are going to be in that first round range for the Broncos and it's like, do we need to upgrade a quarterback this year with Russ playing the way that he is, and it's only going to get better from there? I don't think it's the case. You know, it, yeah, as much as everyone is gone, yeah, and this is last year. If if the Broncos fans want a guy like Caleb Williams, or they want a Drake May, or or you know they they're just clamoring for that quarterback because they're so upset about the last few years, that's fine. But Russ is playing great football right now. No reason to mess that up. You can stand to wait another year, and then go after it because like you said the next two years going to be really really rich in that area right and i think you know they need a corner they need an edge rusher man i mean that, yeah. that's the thing i mean like you know i like damari but at this point he's not getting it done right now you, no. need, you need somebody else over there you need a, you need somebody to put pressure on you need a zero tech and that's you know uh that they can push the pile up the middle there's there's pieces that you need so you know yeah. as, as fun as it is to, to be on the quarterback market there, there's other pieces that they need right now i'm sorry about the construction noise by the way i got construction going on right there in my house so i apologize for that time, i don't even hear <laughs> uh ben last thing you know uh, last week was a, a great game for the broncos coming back and winning that game albeit against the bears whatever it's still you know any given sunday any team could be i mean we almost saw the jets steal one from the chiefs with taylor swift in attendance so anything can happen uh i, I want to talk about this weekend obviously the game has a little less flair than it was supposed to have at the beginning of the season um, with all the Nathaniel Hackett, Sean Payton, Aaron Rodgers stuff going on. But what do you think is the recipe for success for the Broncos against the Jets? Do you think that this is a game where mm-hmm. we see the defense allow the quarterback to look like an, uh, a generational talent again? Or is this maybe a game that they have marked as, hey, we, we got to come out and we got to show that we can actually play together as a unit? Well, I, I think the matchup to watch is Hackett versus Vance. I mean, it is. You know, if you don't think Hackett isn't salty about that stuff, look, I got news for you. He's he's real salty about oh, those yeah. comments, even if he's not saying anything. Um, and 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 he's gonna he's gonna bring his A game and try to hit that offense on point. Vance, you don't think Vance hears everything everybody's saying about him? Yeah, I know he does. So at the oh, same yeah. time, I'm like, you know, Vance is salty about everything everybody's saying about him. You know, and uh, you know, he's, he's seeing Rex Ryan talking about him on TV. He's got a local media. You know, so Vance yeah. is going to try to have the defense ramped up. That's going to be the chess match right there. I think it, what we're ignoring a little bit is how good Robert Sala and Sean Payton are on the other sides. Uh, oh, yeah. That defense gets pretty good, and and I think yeah. the key for the Broncos, you're going to have to get that run game going early. You know, uh, Jaleel, or I'm calling him Jaleel's McLaughlin, but you're going to have to get the uh, yeah, Jaleel's going. You got to get some IJP Ryan going get that hammer down yeah. um you know and if javante can go you got to get him going as well and then build off that get the deep over off play action going off of that 
uh, on the on our side of the ball, you got to you, you just got to figure out a way to to communicate better, man. We saw we saw yeah. Cole come up get to, get turned into Cole the Comet out there, and yeah. it didn't matter if it was WC Fields right. or Strawberry Fields or Justin Fields, but that man looked like he was, he was having a career day out. You talk about a guy whose passing statistics are worse than Jamarcus Russell's for his career, and he's out there throwing for four touchdowns and four hundo on the Broncos. So. You have to shut that down. You got to get communication. You got to understand when to pass off in the zone or who to ride up the seam and make sure the safety takes it coming over on C three. Like it's there, there are there are communication issues that got to be got to get cleaned up by this defense, and you got to clean them up quick. What's the injury returns? Because I know we had a lot of guys on pup, so I know that we have we should be having a lot of guys coming back, right? Yeah, we're, we're still waiting for some confirmation on that, but I think fans are going to be happy. I think you're going to get three or four guys back this week. Uh, still waiting on confirmation on, on a few of them, but I think we're going to be pretty happy with the guys coming back this week. Great to Williams hear. is coming back soon, right? At the nickel, right? He's, he should be coming K-Wan, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, K-Wan, I think might, might even be back this week. We'll see. That's one I'm waiting on, kind of see. We need him because his run fits, man. He's, he's one of the best run fits guys out there as a corner. So, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Ben, thank you so much for joining us, man. Uh, really appreciate you coming on as our uh, our first non-player guest. Always an honor. Yes, Broncos insider, host of Broncos Country Tonight over on KOA. Go give him a follow. One of the best in the business, Benjamin Albright. Thanks for joining, man. Uh, honor's all here, man. Honor's all on yeah. this side of the camera. Oh, yeah, no problem. Thanks for coming. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.